you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL Podcast. Guarantees jibber-jabber. Welcome to the Big Tech Podcast. Your home for microchips, modems, and other big tech stuff. My name is Dan Hansis, coming to you from a... Virtual room, virtual big tech. Follow the uh, dots uh, of heroes. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. What's up, boys? Well, I'm glad um, you've revealed some of the findings from our latest board meeting. Uh, we do believe the future of big tech is in modems. Modems are hot right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just that's that's it. It's all about the modem. Well, the secret is it's the next wave of modems. Everyone's, you know, right now 56K is hot, but what happens when you get up to, you know, 95K? That's where we're going. Well, that's why we're cutting edge. And I do find it an interesting life scenario in the future. Uh, if the NFL were to melt down entirely, the three of us or four of us or five of us would join some random corporation in like central Iowa and just immediately start a podcast talking about modems and screws and uh, dashboards. Well, listen, I've, I've done my research um, as an enterprising uh, middle-aged businessman here, and I just realized I might have made a huge mistake because the NFL owns the Around the NFL podcast name. By uttering it on this show, is that also mm. the property of uh, 345 Park Avenue and Roger Goodell? Did we just line the pockets again of Big Corp? Well, they own everything, so yes, uh, you know, emphatically yes. That's I need, problem. yeah. They own if if we have another child, they they own that. Um, they own whoever we're going to hire to help us because you know we've got we're like idea men, very creative and everything. Mm-hmm. I, when I when I think of the four of us with with West too, and I'll throw Ricky, you know, throw Ricky in there. I don't think like tech savvy is like the number one first thing that comes to my mind. Well, that's why we launched Big Tech because uh, the most important thing. Uh, to success is just a hunger to learn and get better. So that's our company is just starts here and then it just goes like that. Right. We see it through the eyes of the of the everyman. 
you know, not the nerd. So I'm with you. And Greg, that was a little bit of creeping pessimism in in big tech. We won't have that. This is like Silicon Valley 1997. There's a lot of optimism. There's big, cushy offices, Mm. windows everywhere, open space. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) uh, So just we got to have that right attitude. It's just like bitcoins falling from the ceiling. <laughs> You're missing one key ingredient, and it's white and it's sugary, and it comes in big bags. Yes, many sugar cookies. I just like I kind of take a little bit of offense to that when you're like tech savvy doesn't really. Like, yeah, you're, I'm the you're one tech that savvy. got all but of I don't, the NFL network. I guess I was thinking more during like this pandemic. Like I, I, was, I got Good Morning Football online. I got TA online. The network. Like come on, she's right. I was you thinking more like the back end, like programming and stuff was more. Bro, you don't know my life. But you have to understand, like, that whenever Greg sets up anything like that, you know he's about to insult somebody. Uh, it was your turn there. And mm. you just have, sometimes you just got to wear it. But good for you for coming back at him on it. Thanks. I mean, we're just colleagues, not friends. So I don't really take it personally. Mm. It'll probably be thing. your turn That's next one, time, too. One thing so. I have learned is people take, take things more personally. And I've tried to learn that um, <laughs> in my 40 years, that not everyone, um, you know, sometimes it's just for the sake of a joke. You gotta, you gotta, can't take it personally. I mean, you, you can, go. Greg. It seems You're like you're telling he's us learned, we can, but you can. So, and he is improving uh, on the empathy scale. All right, here we go. Let's get into it. Big show today. We have a guest, Mike Garofolo. We love that guy's as plugged in as it gets. Uh, one of the top insiders, not just at our company, but the whole industry. And he's a good dude. And he's from Hoboken. So, what else do you need? He's going to join us on the show a little bit later. Um, I think we'll preview Steelers-Ravens for a trifecta here. Why not? <laughs> do it again. Done the last two shows. Why not do it a third time? Why not? Mark? <laughs> yes. I, I I mean, look, at. I think we're getting, we're rounding into form with each of these previews, and our, our pinpoint precision will be felt by the listener this third time. I think it would be fun to preview Ravens-Steelers every show for the rest of the season. Like, <laughs> even if the game does happen, just just. Just preview it. I like Why the not? idea that we preview it so many times that we reach a higher plane of intelligence and we just know everything that happened before the game is played. We're one preview away from that, so we can't stop now. Uh, but before any of that, uh, we do have to get to the penultimate game on the Week 12 schedule. It went down in Philly, Seahawks-Eagles. Let's check it out. And from the 16, here comes a three-man rush and a handoff, and it goes off to Carson. Got a block at the 10, runs on the numbers, the 5, breaks a tackle, carries a defender, digging, turning, driving, touchdown! Wow, what a run! He's a bulldozer! He's a beast! Big-time run! Carson with a 16-yard sledgehammer touchdown run for the Seahawks! He's the best. (laughs) Kevin Harlan. Kevin Harlan! Kevin Mother Pollen. Westwood won. Chris Carson made it count. His long run of the game, 16 yards, and he found the end zone, adding a little bounce to the Seahawks offense, and it paid off a 23-17 win over the Philadelphia Eagles, who continue to scuffle on offense. They got a Vegas desert-destroying uh, Hail Mary at the end of the game to make this thing look respectable. But, Mark, this game was one-sided. Seattle beat them on both sides of the ball. Yeah. I um, I don't often do this, but I spent the morning listening to uh, 
94 WIP whip in Philly um, just to get wow. a little taste of the of the aftermath. And um, piss off, Angelo. Are the Browns yeah. too successful now? So you need to find another. He's way loving to... this Carson Wentz, uh, <laughs> Carson Wentz downfall. Remember all those texts in 2016 when he thought the Browns blew it uh, oh. by not taking Wentz. He's loving this. Okay, Makes I think sense. it's just it's an unprecedented um, slide, and I don't think it's all on Carson Wentz. Uh, I mean, he's it's he's the quarterback. He's going to get destroyed, um, you know, in this scenario on social media. But he has like a historical QB rating drop off this season from the combined seasons before. Uh, I mean, their offense to me looked lost um, passing game wise against one of the worst pass defenses in the league. And, and I thought it was instructive, you know, Doug Peterson after the game. The one thing they were talking about on WIP over and over, obviously, was Jalen Hurts and the dynamic of the promises and Ian Rappaport suggesting that we'd see more of Jalen Hurts. He played two snaps. He's played more in games in October. And they asked Doug Peterson after about it, and he said, well, it's not about one guy. He said we had breakdowns across the board, and it doesn't really matter who's back there. And I just I, I question the flexible thinking or the creativity um, of the Eagles and where they are because – it just seems to me that the same questions are being asked by a very, um, I think, agitated group of beat writers uh, who are suffering through a rough campaign and a coach who's suffering through a rough campaign and a quarterback. And it's like enough with the Eagles being projected as, you know, NFC title, NFC East titleists. They've got a lot to figure out and massive looming questions heading into uh, the offseason. Seattle did not look their best, but they snuck, a, they snuck a win out of here against a team in disarray. Yeah, they look fine. You know, their defense is getting a little better. Jamal Adams is doing his thing. Chris Carson makes a huge difference. But the the most telling part of the broadcast to me was was some of the broad was some of the analysts from Greasy and Riddick, and it and it gets to what you were talking about with Wentz when they said late in the game that Peterson didn't necessarily want Hurts. That rang some that rang some bells because. He, First of all, you can look at the loyalties there. Greasy's sticking up for the quarterback. These guys are football guys. Lewis Riddick used to work for Howie Roseman, has disparaged him publicly, um, which I think it would have been better to disclose at some point while he was disparaging him last night too. This 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 goes back, you know, you know, years and years because they were sort of on opposite sides of the of the organization uh, years ago. And so that, that really rings a bell. And then I think about Ian Rappaport's report about how Hertz is going to play more. And I, I'm not trying to guess where these things are coming from, but when things like this happen, I think it's a schism. You know, I think it's th- maybe the, the front office and the coach not being on the same page. And when these things start coming out, it's almost like, and we've seen this in Philadelphia, by the way, before, it, you start thinking, okay, this group, which has won a Super Bowl together, is starting to come apart a little bit. And there's maybe the Peterson side, and there's the front office. And you do wonder, uh, is only one of those two sides going to survive? Are, are either side going to survive? We, we we really have no idea, but I think we're, we've hit that point of the season. Laurie seemed annoyed looking at his uh, face last night uh he typically, I mean, he kind of look. I feel like owners always look like that in the box, and then we, we project. On. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, to we, ask. we project that the <laughs> I mean, owners angry because he's just you know. sitting there. Owners in general 
don't move around a lot. They just sit there and the and the money shine is all over them. Uh, but and the mask also. So I don't want to read too much as that, although they did by saying he didn't go to the Cleveland game the last week, which was read into, I guess, in Philadelphia as a potential sign of his frustration with the team. It was the first game Laurie had missed since he um, bought the team. But yes, Riddick is the former Eagles director of pro personnel. Um, there was the talk about Jalen Hurts getting snaps and there was criticism in the broadcast. Uh, if you're going to put him in, put him in for a series, which there's logic to that. But also, I, it could have just as easily been a, a ruse by the Eagles to try to get Seattle to have the game plan for a second quarterback. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me evil either. And this kind of gets back to, and Seahawks fans, we'll get to your team as well. This, to me, gets back a little bit to a conversation we had last week. I think when the team struggles the way it has, the head coach certainly deserves blame. Um, but Carson Wentz missed so many throws yesterday. He missed right. not just throws, but reads. And and Alshon Jeffrey streaking down the sideline was one that comes to mind. But uh, stuff uh, in the seams and then the accuracy issues. At one point, he threw low uh, to one of his running backs, and he, he visibly lifted his arms like, bring the pass up. And that was a throw that he missed someone on the outside. Uh, it's so hard for me to kill the coaching staff, the scheme, um, when the quarterback is so out of sync and obviously in a total funk mentally and physically. Right. Which is why I think they, I, unless Hertz is a total disaster or Sudfeld, you know, is another guy who's been on the roster for a while. I don't know. I think maybe it's I time. do think changing it up for a game is not, you know, makes sense because you said it like you can make all the excuses and, you know, Orlovsky, who's been a big went supporter, went through all the reasons why he thinks the offense is failing him. But I keep coming back to, like, the ball doesn't go where Wentz aims it. No. I've always thought that was a problem with him. But now it's like they're they're also not using his athleticism. That's where you can get on the coaches maybe. But, like, it doesn't go where he wants it to go. So I, I don't know. How can you get past that? I went back and watched just a little bit of the – remember this game in 2017. I believe we had Colleen on after. It was a Monday night football game that we did what we're doing here. We unpacked the Eagles and it was Carson Wentz um, frying Washington. And he was, you know, it, they were 6-1 and one after that game. He looked like an MVP. Uh, everything that we're saying about him now, we were not saying about him then. I mean, he, he was, that's mm. when I was texting you guys late at night thinking, like, the Browns might have completely botched this because he looks like a hero in the making. And so I'm with you, Dan, that you can't just point to the coaching staff. You can't just point just to the quarterback. But the overall, like, soup is um, distasteful right now, and so I don't. I'm with Greg. I don't know who survives out of this. Carson Wentz's salary suggests that he survives, and if you play Hurts and he brings a lot of energy and electricity, let's say you play him for a quarter, they go up fourteen nothing. You have opened up Pandora's box that goes deep into the off season. So I wonder if there's it's some going, hesitation to allow that to happen. I mean, I just it, hope it, Wentz is prepping as much as Mark is for these shows, <laughs> listening to WIP, going back to what 2017. Is on, Someone <laughs> is getting an MVP coin exactly in, uh, uh, January. The Eagles are three seven and one now. So if Doug Peterson intends to somehow still win the NFC East. He's probably thinking long and hard now whether to give Hertz a shot. But again, there's more to that too. How does Hertz look behind the scenes? The media hasn't had a good look at practices this year. All right. On the Seattle side of things, um, pretty much what you expected. Uh, DK Metcalf is at that level as a player, 10 for 177 uh, in this game, where he is just such a headache and such a phenomenon, really. Uh, when it comes to being a playmaker. He's just at the top of the league right now. And just credit to um, the entire organization for 
scouting him the way they did. You remember during the Combine uh, when we had it on video when he took his shirt off to meet Pete Carroll in Indianapolis, and Pete Carroll took his shirt off. And uh, obviously, there I thought was a- to myself, is that Connor Orr? No, it's DK Metcalf. <laughs> exactly. Connor's <laughs> body's hot right now. And uh, they obviously scouted him right, went and got him, I believe, in the second round of that draft. And now look where he is. And with Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde, that's a nice combination. Um, the offense is fine. The defense, obviously, is the story now around them because it seems to be improving. Yeah. And a lot of that, I think, is schedule related, but that's how it how it goes and they, they've looked okay enough i thought three of the last four weeks anyways they just need to be average to me that's their recipe is being a chiefs like team or a 2016 patriots type of team where you you have one of if not the best offenses in the league at its best and, and an okay defense and your boy adams who you know you you get on Clowney, for instance for um you know, just getting pressures, not getting sacks. For for all the some criticism the Seahawks have taken for the Adams trade, he has eight sacks in seven yeah, games. He has twenty seven pressures. The next closest defensive back has twelve. So it, it it reminds me of that Greg Williams comment. They're not going to know how to use him. It's like they're they're using him just fine in this role. I know he's not like the best coverage guy or whatever, but he is productive. Right. It's funny, and I agree with you. I thought the same thing because. He's a, the rare guy on defense that you always know where he is because he's always around the ball. And I think the only way to try to negate him in the game plan is not be what the Eagles are, which is this kind of this formless offense that can't protect the quarterback. Adam, that plays right into Adam's hands. He got to live near the line of scrimmage. You got to get Adams out in coverage to try to expose uh, where he's not so great. So when. He is, I still, you know, two first round picks is still pretty st- steep for his safety, but he has given them obviously a big lift on defense. I never thought he was going to be a bust for them, obviously. Uh, I miss him, but he was also, let's be honest, he was a bit of a pain in the ass. So, well, I think for the know. Jets, I think you have to say, you know, and I was critical of the move because of the, like, the overall cultural side of it, but they've, they've gotten good value for a player that would sure. have meant nothing to them this season. So that's sure. fine. I love that our friend, our friend Bo Wolf called, uh, Metcalf a unicorn because that's what he is I was like what does this guy remind me of when I'm watching him play it's kind of like when families used to get together um, and do things um, outside in America <laughs> uh, like on Thanksgiving for instance and you'd have like the family football game and there'd be like the one kid who's like suddenly like, like a gigantic 19 year old trying to get tackled by like 9 year old girls like uh, I mean and, you know right. I will give Darius Slay credit for like what he said after the game he was a total uh, mensch about it. He he took total accountability. I think part of this idea of like trying to put whether it's a shutdown corner or not, one human being on DK Metcalf or one human being on Tyreek Hill on Sunday. Like, let's stop doing this. There's got to be a better way to go about this. I mean, they they went they were they very tried. physical with safeties. DK Metcalf. Yeah, they, I, I mean, mean to the point where like they were penalized for how much they were roughing him up, and that was a the first quarter of that game was a street fight. I mean, it was a bad job by uh, Jim Schwartz telling him he's not Megatron yet before the game, which I guess is true. Um, but that's the well, closest. Well, did you comp. read the full that, comment though? Right. I mean, if he wasn't trying, but you're, you know, the players are gonna take uh, any motivation that they can. It's probably true, but he's getting there. You know, the two closest comparisons I would say are David Boston and Megatron, and I think the difference between those two is you can tell with Metcalf, he's already put it in the work. His his route running and the smoothness with which he gets in and out of his breaks, stuff like that, is already seems way better than it was uh, as a rookie. When Pete Carroll called him the Mandalorian, which is a reference completely lost to the two of you, but um, it made sense to me. <laughs> 
Yeah, d- d- nothing. Nothing. Doesn't ring a bell at all. I mean, I it's nice. It it's <laughs> nice to see Star Wars after a string of um, weeks cash making. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, you know, misfires uh, creatively. I mean, they're printing money, but that they've made something that people actually like. So that's nice. After You're right, Greg. That's years. a good, good reaction. All right. Joining us now. <laughs> Joining wake, us up, now. wake up, Garofalo. <laughs> I'm texting. Joining us now. That's what they do. That's what the insiders do. Even when they're on camera, they're allowed to look at their phone and do phone things. It's written in our contract. Uh, <laughs> he is, of course, a reporter for NFL Network. He is Ricky. He's Ricky? I'm Ricky? Oh. There we go. A reporter for NFL Network. Co-host, GMFB Weekend. Distant cousin of Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe. He is Mike well, Garofolo. Welcome to the show. I must say, um, my Twitter profile picture is a picture of me and Jimmy Garoppolo, and my header is me and Carson Lutz. So I guess I guess you don't want to show up anywhere on my Twitter profile. Where, where's Sam Darnold in this profile? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you are obviously plugged in on all this stuff like crazy and this the Steelers Raven situation now we're getting the game on Wednesday mm-hmm. and uh and is this I mean is this a game definitely going to happen let's start there <laughs> <laughs> uh I believe so I can't lean on the table it shakes the camera um yeah I believe so um and there's a uh look and and the Titans situation was a, a bit of a fiasco at times but the NFL was pretty good about spotting, hey, when we're going to come out of this five-day incubation period. Incubation is the word that I keep forgetting on air that I want to access, and I just got it there. So I'm really happy about that. Um, the, on the, the biggest the five, platform possible. So there you the go. The five-ish uh, day incubation period. And they were pretty good about, all right, we're out of it. We might have a couple of stragglers, but we're working our way out of it. And uh, so that's where they feel they are with this Raven situation, and that's why the game – uh, is going to be played or scheduled to be played and, and should be played. Um, so, look, there's a lot of different things that come into this with what's happening in Denver and what happened with San Francisco a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but I would say that the NFL, from a medical standpoint, was pretty good about how they handled the Titan situation and also this Raven situation, or so at least it seems right now. Yeah, I don't understand why – Denver especially is like, well, how come you're d- delaying this game? Or even, you know, Steelers fans are upset. Yeah. How come you're delaying this game? John Harbuck keeps putting the game off. And it's like, I, it seems pretty clear to me what, what the differences are. Well, Believe me, the NFL is not trying to lose money. They are trying to get this uh, thing in as, as much as possible. They've, they have forced these games. They are only doing it uh, when it's like, absolutely irresponsible to be playing the games and people can even argue about that so like if the game's being delayed believe me they're trying not to have it be delayed they did not want to cancel the primetime game on thanksgiving right, right. not in the plans and by the way the only good game that and day, this thursday night's game too is gone too because of that they knew that des bryant's revenge game against the cowboys and they, they want to move that no they want it right where it was supposed to be um, so, so that, and I'm not trying to, uh, you know, um, uh, apologize for what's happening here, but you know, that's one thing. The other thing that frustrates people, and I get it, is that the Ravens are kind of being rewarded because their situation was worse 
than the Broncos situation. I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's kind of goofy, but it's, it's, it's kind of how it goes. And listen, they're still going to be shorthanded. They didn't have uh, a normal practice week by any stretch. And they're going to get uh, hit by the league in some form or fashion, I'm sure. Um, so, you know, there are repercussions, at least. What, I mean, would, don't it you- take, what would it take, Mike, uh, for us to end up with the 16-game playoff schedule? Would it take a cancellation, two cancellation? What is your vibe on that for this to actually shift into a different setup for the NFL schedule? For the I rest mean, of if, the it's just – theoretically, it's just one that matters, right? If there's one game that has a team finishing at 9-6 and – while another team's at nine and seven, and you go, oh, yeah, hold on, which one's supposed to get in because the other team didn't play the game? Um, then that's how they, they would iron that out and say, okay, we'll mm. just let the eighth team in. Which, by the way, then you could have the ninth team saying, well, hey, what about us? You know, I, I just there's no perfect plan uh, to to take care of that. Number one, but, and, and number two, if it is just one game, they'll find a way to get it in. You would think so. It it would take theoretically a couple of games that you're missing that have an impact on the standings. If the Jets game against the Patriots doesn't get played and the Patriots are out of it, that's not going to factor into. Jets the won't go 0 and 16 then either, so that doesn't sound too. <laughs> mm. that, that would be well, they would make history at 0 and 15. I mean, <laughs> nobody's done that. I have a personal like be, this would affect all four of us personally. Do you think like the same way, sort of post 9-11, they, they enacted a lot of rules that never really went away, um, that the NFL, the way that the media works right now, where, you know, under Corona's, uh, you know, reign, where it's all Zoom meetings, there's a lot less, um, you know, people inside the building, which I would imagine teams love. Uh, journalists are far away. No more, you know, no, when is the next time we're ever going to be back in buildings? Hmm. Or will they shut that down for good? Because I'm wondering if we'll, will we ever be in these, like, 30-person sweaty journo scrums um, trying to interview a coach. I could see that just never happening ever again. Tell us about opening night. You guys are unbelievable because I always, before I come on, think about something that I want to talk about. And this is something I've wanted to talk about for weeks now. Wow. And you brought it up, and I'm glad you did. Because I want to make this clear to anybody who's got any kind of influence over these things that's watching right now, and we know that there's a lot of them because that's where inf- influential influential people come right here. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's listening. It's a podcast ultimately. But I we, we miss cut this for you if you want. That's fine. I miss access, <laughs> and I miss access on Sundays. And this is not some kind of First Amendment. I demand my access to my uh, kick returner and gunner. No, that's not what it's about. It's about on Mondays of normal game weeks. Think about how many stories come out of post-game locker rooms um, and, and how many storylines the next day that you're talking about. A lot of times you didn't even know about. Just a good question is asked and a player reveals something and it comes out and you kind of dissect it all. There's a dearth of that kind of stuff right now because there's no access on Sundays. So once it's safe again, if the NFL or teams think that limiting access, boy, this has been great, oh, how that, that would be – uh, a disservice to fans, to players who deserve to have their stories told, to organizations, to people in the media. And, and I just, I miss it so much because so much comes out of Sunday mm. locker rooms and, and we just don't have it right now. And, and, and I really have a hole in my soul because of it. Okay. But do, do you think the players actually miss it? Um, not the majority of them, I'd say, but right. I think that there's a minority that understand. Um, I mean, think of it this way. I don't know that we've heard from Jalen Hurts since training camp. I, I thought about that last night. Right. I mean, I, the, the Eagles haven't made him available. I don't. I could be wrong. Maybe he did one at some point and I missed it. 
But how, what's going through that guy's head? Don't you want to know? I mean, we, we keep asking Wentz about it and Doug Peterson and all the other guys. I'd love to, you know, he deserves to have his say on the matter. And listen, he could easily say, to the, hey, I want to be available and I want to talk and, and, and whatnot. But, and again, maybe he has, but I just, I haven't seen enough of it. I just, hmm. there's, there's, um, there are some guys who realize, enough guys who realize uh, having access to the media and access to the fans, despite the fact that you have your own channels to speak, is a good thing. It'll be interesting. I um, realize some of these owners own Premier League teams, and they've kind of gone to uh, the no lo- no locker room, very very little access policy. And it has is not hurt the bottom line. So it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if they if they change some things. I um, speaking of access, I want to ask about someone who I feel like has used his relationships, um, whether it's in the building or outside of the building, to find his way atop the Houston Texans organization. That's right. We're talking Easterby again. I am just curious, though, to talk, since we have an insider on the show, Jack Easterby is basically there, and the Texans swear he's not going to be the GM. But if he is running the coaching search uh, with the owner, Cal McNair, um, I guess, how do you see that going? Is that going to be a problem for people uh, who would maybe come into the organization, like, uh, let's say, an Eric Bieniemy, Or uh, do you think they might just avoid doing the whole thing anyways and just stick with Romeo? I'm sort of getting convinced that they're just going to try to do that. Um, I, I think that that's possible, and that's a fallback option uh, for Houston right now. Um, and I, I, I don't want to speak for anybody in particular. I mean, I know you mentioned B enemy. I don't know what B enemy thinks about the Texans building. Uh, but I do know that there are GM candidates who are a little wary of what's happening down there. There you go. Um, and, and listen, part of that is because they look at it and go, where's my draft capital? O'Brien traded it all away. And now I got to come in and try to rebuild things. And I don't have those, those picks to start with. Whereas if you walk into the Jaguars building, got yourself a nice starting point there with all the picks that uh, Dave Caldwell has compiled for that team. Um, so I, I, you know, in addition to the draft capital, they're worried about, Oh, wait a second. Is this, is this the guy who um, overthrew the guy who overthrew the previous GM and how much power <laughs> is he going to have? And what kind of setup is this going to be? And while he's not the GM, uh, maybe, um, is he going to have some influence over what happens here? So, I know they're concerned uh, in that regard, at least some candidates. Um, and, and coaches would have the same uh, questions. You know, I, I don't want somebody looking over my shoulder when I'm trying to game plan during the week. Do you think, um, well, let's say Doug Marone, let's say, most likely is not going to be a long-term guy there uh, beyond 2020. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You have the Texans, obviously, the Lions, the Falcons, the Jets, obviously, is an obvious one. Uh, which power rank those? What's like the best job out of all of these? You think, and conversely, what's the worst? I assume. Wait, I assume you're talking coaching because you, you threw the Jets in there, right? We're talking just coaches. <laughs> yes, just coaches. Okay. Um, what were my options again? All right: Jaguars, Texans, Lions, Falcons, Jets. Falcons, Jets. Mm. Um. Ooh. Coaching standpoint. I, I mean, I think you got to go Falcons, right? From a coaching standpoint. Because I think you can walk in and you can be successful with that team. And maybe you don't walk in. Maybe you just stay. Because maybe your name is Raheem Morris and you can show Mm -hmm. uh, Arthur Blank and everybody else in Atlanta, including Rich McKay, that you got a good thing going. And why not give me a chance to do this for the long long haul? Um, So, you know, and and I would say this. uh, Weeks ago, I did ask prospective GMs. I said, if you go into Atlanta right now, 
when when Thomas Dimitrov was fired. If you go into Atlanta, what are you doing with the quarterback? And they said, it depends. Do I have a top three pick or do I not have a top three pick? And right now they're playing themselves out of a top pick. Mm. Um, so that could lead to Matt Ryan staying. I, I, I still think he's got good football left. Now, you're, you're going in there and you're having him uh, as your starting quarterback for the next couple of years, maybe. But you're also hatching a long-term plan as well. Uh, but I, I still like the fact that I've got Matt Ryan and Julio Jones uh, and some other key pieces, at least there, that you can work with. Hmm. I'd ask you to know about another veteran quarterback, Matthew Stafford in Detroit. You know, there were whispers in a couple of past off seasons with the last regime that maybe they would go a quarterback in the draft. Maybe Matthew Stafford could be moved on some level. Is there a window or a scenario or a feeling inside their organization that Stafford could be could be on the way out? And that I look at a team like Ron Rivera, who seems unwilling to want to work with a young quarterback, but would love a veteran. And you can't just sell Alex Smith on, on us for another season. I don't think it's a nice story, but year two, some of that drips away. I mean, could Stafford wind up somewhere else um, in, in, the, in, the miss, in the mix of all these rookies being drafted and then some veterans moving? Yeah, I think he could. And, and, and listen, uh, the bloom is off some of these quarterbacks over the last couple of years. I'll throw Carson Wentz in there, even though I don't believe that you kind of quit on him at this point. And, and I, I, you know, at some point he may need a reset, whatever that means, new coaching staff or new, new location. Um, but, you know, it, it's easy to sit there one, two years ago and say, boy, there really aren't that many openings. Look at how many quarterbacks are in uh, a place that are playing well. And, and, and Sam Darnold was in there. Uh, Baker Mayfield, although he's played better now of late, um, and, and guys that we thought, oh, boy, they're going to be there for 20 years. You know, some guys get off the fast starts, and then all of a sudden, whether it's more tape or what happens around them, uh, start to tail off a little bit. So, yeah, I, I do think that there's an option out there at some point for Matthew Stafford. Now, the other question is, and, and I know, listen, if inject him with some truth serum, I think he will tell you that he feels like maybe it might be time to move on. But, mm. but who's coming in as GM and who's coming in as the coach? Because that could change a lot for you. And all of a sudden, you got a, a, a different feel about the organization because of who is actually the coach. So, um, yeah, it's one that I'm kind of keeping tabs on. But to, to tell you right now, if he's moving on, I got to see into the future to know what's going to happen to really make a call on that one. You're saying a little like combo uh, vaccine truth theorem. Just throw the truth serum just mix it up into the vaccine so you just just, so just one needle i know that family is very upset you know they're going to be first in line to get that vaccine they want to get out there and yeah do um so the the covid (laughs) vaccine is going to need a booster would the truth serum also need a booster it's good question Mm. I would just roll with the truth serum. You just put it right into the bloodstream and see what comes out of the mouth. Stafford should just ruin all the goodwill he's built up and just be like, are you kidding me? I've been on the Lions for a decade plus and I've stayed quiet. Get me out of here. <laughs> um, I don't before, know a lot of folks would argue with him. Before we go, Mike, yes, we're talking vaccines. This is 2020. Um, and it's taught us that you never know when you um, – going to have enough opportunity to do something. So I wanted to ask you a question I've always wanted to ask you. Um, So here we go. Uh, Mike, how much does it bother you that more people mistakenly refer to you as Mike Garofalo than Janine is identified as Janine Garofalo? Be honest. Be honest. I feel like there's going to be a tipping point, right? Because which I don't 
I hate to I hate to speak negatively about the family, but what she I mean, has she done a lot lately? Is she still out there? I mean, mm. I feel like I feel like I'm stacking wins here, right? I mean, I'm stacking. You're active. You're active. I'm mixing some losses in there. I got take some L's, as they like to tell you on Twitter. Um, but I feel like I'm I feel like I'm stacking enough that there should be a tipping point. Um, you know, why hasn't it been? You're yet? saying that more people are watching NFL Network. Um, than Reality Bites on Netflix. I'm not sure if that's true right now. Even you know, Really? Well, I, we're going to have to check with Netflix because I'm going to need to see views or streams or whatever they call them because I, I think I might challenge you on that one. I might throw the red flag on that one. Wow. That's an optimistic look. I'm, I'm glad I got that question out, Mike. That was a I, trenchant question by right. Dan there. Nice job. Our, our international audience is like, is Janine Garofalo? See? Go watch the Larry Sanders show on. Uh, I I'm guess. huge overseas. Yeah, that's true, Mike. You've you've come and you've said it all. We just got we got smarter, and we needed that. And that's what you do when you come on the show. And again, check out Mike. He's on NFL Network all the time, and also on Good Morning Football on the weekend with the great Connie Fox. Uh, thank you, Mister G. Thank you guys for having me, and uh, you know. Leave all your bad karma in 2020. That's mm. my plan. I would, I would normally say see you at the Super Bowl, but um, it's probably not happening. I haven't, I don't haven't booked Who my knows? ticket yet. Who knows what's <laughs> happening with that? All right. There he goes. Thank you. The Mike, the great Mike Garofolo, uh checking in. What did we learn there? I, you know, I wanted to – I went down a different wormhole, but I wanted to ask him about Will Fuller. Who, of course, that news came out um, on Monday that Fuller, the Texans wide receivers, enjoyed a big breakout season and also cornerback Bradley Roby have been suspended six games for violating the NFL's policy on performance enhancing substances. That's unbelievable. I mean, it's what a bad year for the Texans all around and terrible for, for Fuller, who... You know, we always knew he had talent. We, we talked about it on the show all the time and... The fact that he had realized that as a number one wide receiver this year, and now he gets suspended. I wonder what kind of market he has now. Um, we'll we'll find out, of course. But uh, that was I don't my think other it'll Texas affect thought. it. Just based on precedent, I just feel like NFL teams do not discount much for PEDs. They're just like, don't do it again. You know, if you're good, and I he agree is a, with He that. is a free agent. That's but if sort it's a of player, been the attitude. If it's a player who never could stay healthy then finally stays healthy for three months and then gets revealed to be on PEDs. I wonder if that's something that is a huge red flag. I would, he's a guy I would absolutely mm. take a chance on because I think he's really, and we saw it on Thanksgiving when he went off. Uh, he's, he's a real player, but that was, um, you know, a tough situation. Deshaun Watson is so, such a great, great quarterback, but now you take DeAndre Hawkins out of the mix uh, Will Fuller, you, it makes you feel like it's in doubt. That Kenny they're Stills, they him. waved. They just <laughs> cut Kenny Stills. Randall Cobb is hurt for a while. And Bradley Roby, by the way, is their number one cornerback by far. I would say that's two of their top six players. That, you know, it's kind of like, for instance, they're playing the Colts this week. Like, that looked like a dangerous game for the Colts. It's looking a little less Guess what? Though. More good news for the Miami Dolphins, though, who have the first-round pick of mm. the Houston Texans uh, next spring. All right, anything else? We want to hit on today's show a little bit of a, a quicker show we have uh, just by way of schedule because everything's funky 
Uh, we'll have a mini pod tomorrow, Wednesday, recapping Steelers Ravens if it does indeed happen. Happen, <laughs> uh, and then on Friday, our Thursday regular Thursday preview show pushed to Friday, so we'll uh, have that show out to you Friday um, afternoon here uh, in California. Uh, so follow all that. Uh, Mark, what are you going to do if indeed here in, in California the game is played at twelve forty? Uh, Steelers, Ravens. What does a Mark Sessler Wednesday lunchtime football setup look like? I kind of love stuff like this. I mean, I don't love why it's happening, but um, it is uh, an impossibility to watch it in my house with the current vibe and um, activity. So I'll go into the garage. I got a television Ooh. in there. Sit in the easy chair and just uh, you know, watch a little Steelers, Ravens. I don't see what it seems like a wonderful activity for the afternoon on a Wednesday. It's very unusual and uh, kind of feels baseball like almost. So I, I'm ready to experience it with and a positive it, mindset for once. And because of that, we also are getting another Tuesday game the next week. Well, I, well here's what I don't need: the tri- like the triple header on Monday night, where two games are well, happening two. at the it's same double, time. That's not that's a bit now. rich. Well, they're not doing it now. They're pushing well, one good. of those I don't need to that. Tuesday so that the. Steelers and the Washington football team gets their own uh, Tuesday slot. I mean, it's a wild world. The 49ers today, you know, Godspeed to the them. Hopefully they packed well. They are embarking on a three-week minimum sojourn to Arizona where they have decamped uh, for December because they're going to play in Glendale, a place... Um, with double the amount of uh, coronavirus cases as Santa Clara. And, and to be clear, I am not criticizing Santa Clara for um, I, I think actually... You, I think you can. No, I mean, I'm I not. can. I'm not. I, I actually think it's the good. Fo- let the pro football teams play their games and end the season. Can we I, calm down with the preciousness like, of this? It, it's not so much precious, but it's just like... This is what happens when an entire country has absolutely no organization. That the one place one of the only places in the country that takes it seriously and does a good job and is trying to actually prevent, you know, more people from dying um, ends up just like, yeah, sending this team to somewhere where it's actually like there's more cases. I thought it was notable that coming out of the win over the Rams, Kyle Shanahan went on a series of wild rants about this scenario and, you know, basically had to tell his players, you will not be spending Christmas with your families this year. I mean, so, you know, there is a life side to this and we just look at the teams. I'm kind of with Dan, like, with the the NFL or the one group of people, even though they're being affected, where they put a pretty good clamp on this to some degree, like why are we shipping all of them to Arizona? I just let them play in California, but that's a that's not my. I mean, situation these are people that you're out. Not, these are people that that live and work in your region, and like you're saying, Greg, you're sending them to a place that's more dangerous to, I guess, take them. I think off it, your hands it gets to, get to a, a larger hair. conversation. It gets to a larger conversation that we, we don't need to have in this, and it's basically just how much how much is is like a organization like the NFL need to feel responsible for the community at large. Now, does you know when our politicians you know when the the laws don't really care too much about community spread? There's an argument like why should uh, why should like a corporation care? But ultimately, like, we're kind of making the trade-off that we're trading a lot of people getting COVID by having, you know, football games, especially fans in football games, you know. And, like, we're kind of accepting that. And one one county in the country saying, no, we're not going to accept that. So it's Speaking tough, of tough COVID-19, <laughs> and um, obviously 
a global pandemic is a pretty good excuse if you want to call that, Mark. But, you know, you've moved into your new home. You have this fancy garage set up that you mentioned here and there. Not even a whiff of an invite. Uh, since uh, in the well, months it, since you've I, you've moved in, so I just I'll, I'll send you a photo of okay. it. It's not you, you have the fancy garage. I mean, I have one seat in there for one person, so um, I'd be happy to have you over. Did the old Zeuser in I, a private would, text say, Mark, if you want to, like I put down carpet in my garage. If you want any help, I'd be happy to come over and you know make a day of it. Uh, you know, maybe maybe it's time to open up, Mark, a little bit and get out of the, the you're hermit right. lair. You know what? I think that like like some other people that I um. I've become a little too comfortable with seeing nobody and the idea of inviting people over and doing things. I just assumed not on the table, um, but we had a wonderful time socially distanced, uh, you and I and Handsome Hank uh, covering Seahawks Cardinals. And I should take a cue from that, that uh, I think we can. I don't do want to pressure you. Don't well, want to no, pressure I mean, you, I, you know, I also had a Corona scare, if you recall. I took a test there at one point. So I you know, didn't want to. That would have not have been a high time to invite the gang over. Hey, I might have Corona. Come on over. Let us have cupcakes and <laughs> Corona cupcakes. Yeah. See what happens to everyone. Roll the dice. Um, all right. Well, let me know. Maybe it's when we get the, the two shots. Maybe that's when it happens. But we're, we're all waiting. Erica, you would like to see Mark's new house, right? Yeah. I, we're all waiting, like you said. Extreme enthusiasm. I, I want to see the man I, cave. You have a new garage. You have your new little shed out back. That we all want to see. I don't have. There's no. There's no backdoor shed this time. You got the but, um, shack. No, you've inspired me. I will think of. I will think of uh, a way to get this done in the near future. All right, but safety first. Mm-hmm. Always. Safety first. We'll, we, you know, we care about that. It's like, oh, way to pressure Mark during the pandemic, Dan. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Not doing that. We're being safe. You don't see us missing shows because we have uh, the coronavirus. It's because we're doing a good job. Nope. We're doing the right things. We're making the right decisions. Right, Greg? We are. I mean, we're no we're no Denver Broncos, you know. <laughs> Sorry, they were the first one that came up. I mean, getting coronavirus is kind of a, a stamp of that you've been through this NFL season, unfortunately. In- incredible if you're actually playing. <laughs> incredible mask uh, mask discipline, as they call it in the meeting rooms. All right, here at the Run the NFL Podcast. We'll be back, like we said, mini Mini pod personnel to be decided tomorrow. Raven Steelers, uh, Corona willing. And then we'll be back again on Friday uh, with a full preview of week 13. We get into the teens. How about that, Mark? I can't wait. All right. This is, thank you to Mike Garofolo. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, the old boss, Ricky Hollywood, behind the virtual glass. Until Wednesday. go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better 
That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.